Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by listennotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here, and I want to welcome you to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us for part two of a fantastic two-part interview with our good friend, Dr. Richard Ruley. Now, I asked Dr. Ruling to come back on the program today to discuss the topic of the Holy Spirit is actually the feminine part or the feminine side of God, serving as the third part of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But the Bible, throughout the Bible, scripture after scripture, it says, in the beginning, He, God, created them male and female, right? And that man was created in the exact likeness of God. So therefore, well, as Dr. Ruling has been studying this out, he's found numerous Bible references that truly indicate the Holy Spirit is actually Jesus' sister, for lack of a better term. What? Myrtle, what did he say? What did Brother Bob just say? Yeah, I know. What he shared with us when looked at through the eyes of Scripture just blows the traditional inter- interpretations out of the water. I mean, this is eye-opening. And believe me, folks, when you do your own study on this, it's going to open up so much of the Bible and give you a clear, accurate understanding of some things that, well, we've just gotten wrong over the years as a church. Amen? All right, enough of me talking. Let's jump back into the interview now, the conclusion of this interview with Dr. Richard Ruling. We've been talking with Dr. Richard Ruling, uh, author of a book that's about to be published called The Greatest Story Never Told, Bad Translation of Papal Teaching. So let me just summarize where we're at. The Godhead okay. is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I, I believe every Christian believer can agree on that. And God the Father's in heaven, has always been in heaven. But when mankind fell, God the Son, Jesus, and his sister, who's called Wisdom, agreed to come down to redeem mankind. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So, and, oh, mm-hmm. I, I, I got to tell you uh, part of this that we've missed. Okay, it's important. Uh, <clears throat> Jerusalem above is the mother of us all, and uh, this might be debatable. Is, is that really a person or not? You know, uh, I'm saying that uh, cities are named for people, and, mm-hmm. and if, if Christ is a begotten son, uh, you know, everywhere else in the Bible, so-and-so begot so-and-so, it means they, they procreated and had a child. Uh, but uh, how, what about Jerusalem? Jerusalem in Isaiah 37, and this is the middle book in the Bible for people that don't know where Isaiah is. It's just open your Bible, you'll probably hit Isaiah. 37th chapter, the setting is that Sennacherib, an Assyrian uh, general, came from Assyria, made mincemeat of everybody else, was banging on the door of Jerusalem and saying, uh, open surrender, or I'm going to make you really pay for your uh, your unwillingness to surrender. Mm-hmm. And the king, uh, Hezekiah, was really afraid. He was in sackcloth and ashes in the temple. And he sends Eliakim uh, to the prophet Isaiah to find out, is there any hope for us? And the answer comes back in Isaiah uh, 50. I'm going to turn to it myself, okay, and read it to you so you're not 
no, I'm, I'm not making it up. Hold on. Um, the 22nd verse, it says, uh, This is the word of the Lord uh, that he spoke concerning the daughter of Jerusalem, uh, who, has, who has despised you and uh, shaken your head at you, speaking of Sennacherib, whom you have blasphemed. Okay, in other words, Sennacherib, or his general, blasphemed God. But it, it refers to her as daughter of Zion, daughter of Jerusalem. Okay, well, we just said Jerusalem above is mother of us all, and here's, here's someone who is blasphemed. This is the daughter who was, you know, Christ's sister, yeah. who was blasphemed uh, as she was looking out for, for the city of God's people, basically. And that night, 185,000 Assyrians were dead outside the gates. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, she was God, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so this is proof to me that, you know, Jerusalem above is, is to be reckoned with, and, and, and she has a daughter and a son, and the, the Tetragrammaton, if you Google that, uh, it's Tetra, meaning four, Grammaton, four letters of God's name. I think they're the initials of the Godhead, Amen. father, mother, son, and daughter. Mm. The Yod represents a, a hand in giving, receiving, ownership. Okay, the hay is uh, uh, means a light or a window or rain, something like that, uh, and and that's we need we need light and uh, as a window, and then the the vav is is shaped like a concrete nail and it means hook or balance beam, and everything balances on life on our relationship to Christ, and uh, I believe that's that's the symbol for him, and then another hay, well, a light or window daughter, you know, type of thing. Amen. So to me, I, I believe that's, that just adds another, a little uh, interesting understanding, and we can talk about mm-hmm. name later, but that's yeah. uh, um, just a perspective that, uh, and I don't know <laughs> where we're at in this, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I just believe that oh, overall, uh, big stuff is coming soon, and oh, I, I guess I should tell you this. Um, to me, um, er, let me back up and say this, that God declares the end from the beginning. He knows the end from the beginning. And a proof of this to me, as much as any verse in the Bible, is Isaiah 45. This is uh, uh, just a, a few verses earlier than or what we talked about, Isaiah 37. But Isaiah 45, God named Cyrus a hundred years before he was even born. Mm-hmm. And yeah. told how Cyrus would conquer Babylon when two leave gates or river gates were left open. Cyrus diverted the Euphrates River and marched his army in. When the gates were left open, he had no obstacles to march in uh, at night and conquer the city without a loss of life. And to me, uh, when Cyrus saw this, he was so impressed with the God of Israel, who named him and told how he was going to do it, yeah. mm-hmm. before, uh, that he uh, freed Israel from captivity and even helped uh, pay their way back to their homeland. Amen. Yeah. And Amen. If, if, if the Muslims today would understand their ancestor Cyrus better, uh, they, they might be less eager to drive Israel into the sea, because they're going to have trouble if they try to do that. But they will. They will. That's religious hatred and... Yeah. Uh, Basically, uh, uh, to me, I just wanted to say that th- this is prophecy. Yeah. And uh, but when Christ was asked about the other world, he said to understand the book of Daniel. And in the book of Daniel, uh, he um, uh, he sees um, Daniel seventh chapter four beasts that represent Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, and Rome. Yeah. And out of Rome grows a little horn, 
which changes times and laws and persecutes the saints and does bad stuff. Early Protestant uh, reformers all believed that this little horn was the papacy that uh, changed the calendar, you know, Gregorian yeah. calendar, yeah. changed the laws from Sabbath to Sunday, and so on, and so, et cetera. And I believe that, that uh, they changed, that, that, that you have a papal trinity. They say that the trinity is the foundation of all their doctrine. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, in Revelation 17.5, it says she's the mother of abomination. So a lot of what they teach is not true. And, uh, you know, we all agree on Christ being good, and there are, there are some very fine Catholic Christians. I'm not, I'm not bashing Catholics per se, and God uh, says in times of ignorance he winks at, and he's been doing a lot of winking for all of us. We all have things to learn. But as, a, as an organization, the papacy is, is intent on world domination yeah. and is trying to restore it uh, oh, yeah. through a, a one-world government, uh, UN, New World Order, etc., and I, it's going to be big trouble. It, uh, the prophecy is that they're going to compel false worship. You can't buy or sell without it and so on. So I believe that uh, we need to understand where uh, the forces politically in this country. I think Trump was trying to make America great, and uh, I, I believe that uh, um, New World Order is not Amen. how we get great with yeah. the U.N. Amen. Yep. Amen. Amen. Well, and Dr. I want to back up just a little bit, and, and let's— Go back to the verse, you know, I will, where Jesus said, "I will not leave you comfortless." But it's need. He also says, "Need for me to send the Comforter to you." Why did he use that word "comfortless"? I know we talked about it, and I want to recover that, uh, and just to refresh in everyone's mind that word "comfortless." He's referring to the Holy Spirit, there, right? Yes, and I actually believe she was speaking through him when she says, "I will not leave you." Uh, or orphans. Mm-hmm. The Greek word is Orphan. orphans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. orphanos. But mm-hmm. why they should not have translated it comfortless. It's right. misleading. Mm-hmm. You know, and so she was saying, I will not leave you orphans. I'll come to you. And this is why uh, she's in Romans eight twenty six 26, uh, uh, intercedes with moaning, groanings that cannot be uttered. And, and it helps us to make, we, I, I enjoy waking up with good ideas sometimes. And I, th- I thank her uh, for that, you know, et cetera, uh, and just uh, want to live uh, according to what they, they want us to do, basically. Yeah, amen, amen. So something I learned as I was studying this out, in the book of Revelation, we have the wedding supper of the Lamb, and we as Christians understand that that's the church. It's supposed to be, you know, the, we've been taught that that's the bride of Christ. But something I learned is about the word apocalypse. It actually has root words that refer to it as a wedding, and just to refresh everyone's memory, in Jewish and Hebrew culture, the man travels to the woman's family, and they have a dinner, etc., and they have conversations, you know, to get to know one another without any kissing or romance involved, because you know, romance, you know, blind passion type thing, and and you know, later on you find out you have nothing in common. So they sit at this table and have dinner, basically with the family, and they they talk and and get to know each other. At the end of the dinner. They discuss dowry and all that. And then the woman was asked, do you want to marry this man? If she says yes, from that moment on, she's considered the bride of that man. And then the man leaves to go off to prepare a place for his bride. The bride's now busy preparing herself for her future place. Her home is no longer where she's at. It's going. Her home is now where she is going to go. So all her efforts are to prepare for where she is going. And when is she going? She doesn't know the exact day or hour, but she has an idea of the season. And at the appointed time, 
the man comes to take her home, and but first it has to be a wedding feast that traditionally lasts seven days. And at the wedding, the bride presents herself to the man, but she's also wearing a veil. And at the wedding ceremony here in our traditional marriages today, after the minister says, I now pronounce you husband and wife, and we now kiss the bride, they flip the veil back, and that is the revealing, hence revelation. It's simply the removing of the veil, which, from what I read, was also in the roots, root words of apocalypse. And I said all that to lead you into this discussion again of the wedding parable, Doc, because as a, I always get this, I always get you to talk about the wedding parable when I'm interviewing you, and I believe that parable has everything to do what we've been studying today with the Holy Spirit as the feminine part of the Godhead. So can you share about this for our listeners? Well, you're a true brother, and you're seeing it so much like I do, too. And uh, help us, <laughs> may God help us, to make yeah, uh, your voice, my voice, strong so that uh, people can get it. There is so much... Uh, God is, uh, you know, uh, is more than we conceive of, and uh, we need to think, meditate more. In fact, a uh, favorite author of mine said that the, the topic of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling, was one of Christ's most favorite themes. Uh, in other words, he, he prayed all night uh, sometimes, and, and or spent the night in prayer before big events, mm-hmm. and uh, the ordination of his disciples, the calling of them, the scene of Mount Transfiguration, they also they often went to sleep. I think we should uh, be open to waking up more and, and praying and seeking God, and uh, um, I, I think that uh, there will be great answers for us if we can do that. In fact, the wedding parable of uh, Luke twelve thirty six and 37 says uh, that we should be ready when he comes and knocks, and I see that knock as an earthquake next spring, that uh, blessed is the servant whom his Lord finds watching. The word watching is from Gregorio, meaning be awake, pray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Christ said, watch, pray. And that was the eve of Passover. And there's more on this another time, but uh, we'll just uh, say that I think uh, there's lots to uh, coming, and we need to be readier than we are. And in fact, I, I, let me just say, uh, have a book on uh, uh, the, the book that you just mentioned, The Greatest Story Never Told, mm-hmm. uh, Richard Ruling, R-U-H-L-I-N-G. It's not a great book uh, in the sense of... Uh, smooth drama and it's it, you but but it has the information like we've talked about today and more and why next spring okay in the appendix uh mega quake 2023 uh it's on amazon and uh it's also available and uh hardback soft cover uh, not hardback yeah. but but the soft cover and uh to me we we spend thousands hundreds of thousands even the average american spends over a million dollars in a lifetime but here's a real meal for the mind, and I believe if people will go to Amazon, type in, get book section, type in The Greatest Story Never Told, and my name, Richard Ruling, you can get uh, either soft, uh, soft cover or the uh, Kindle version. For If you have a Kindle, that's, that's preferred, maybe, because uh, you can click on the links and so on. Yep. Anyway, l- love you, and, and uh, there are bonuses if you, on the uh, book. If you click to look inside, you can see you, that there are bonuses as well for the price that's uh, less than what some people pay for a meal when they go out. Yeah, amen. Okay, so we got that in. I was saving that for the end, but we got that in now. But go to the wedding parable. The wedding parable, actually, uh, there are three wedding parables. And since it is the glory of God to conceal a thing, uh, in Proverbs 25.2, no wedding parable has it all. You have to compare them back and forth. And my favorite author says, one example is worth many precepts. And the best example I've got is the exodus from Egypt, which Paul said, I would not have you ignorant. 
how that our fathers passed through the sea. He wants us to look at the Exodus. It was a, a uh, Egypt did bad stuff. They enslaved Israel and threw their babies in the river. And America has enslaved most people in mm-hmm. alcohol, tobacco, negative lifestyles, and has thrown 63 million babies in the trash. Yeah. Yeah. We're worse than Egypt, more deserving. Yep. And uh, the fact is that when God liberated Egypt, it was a jubilee event. Like in the Bible, Leviticus 25th chapter, verse 10, they, they were freed from servitude, they had a promise of land. That happened in Egypt. But Jubilee came every 50 years later. And, and the point is that 50 years from Roe v. Wade is right. next year. Amen. So get ready. Yeah, that's, right. <laughs> that's one of the timelines that you'll get the chance to understand if you get the book, uh, etc. Mm-hmm. So thank you for uh, mentioning it. And uh, the wedding parables all tie into this. Amen. Amen. And, and what about the part, I stand at the door and knock? Okay. Well, uh, the Bible is supposed to be its own expositor. It explains itself. And the only other place where Christ knocks in the Bible uh, is the wedding parable. Mm-hmm. And they, But the church where he knocked ended in an earthquake. They were materialistic. They, they thought they were rich and creased with goods. They didn't need anything. They, they're not concerned about who's knocking at the door or so on. That's Christ. And my point is that uh, if, if the earthquake is the knock, uh, that's how when we open immediately, the knock will come, I believe, with Passover imagery, because the, that wedding parable of Luke 12 has triple Passover imagery. Watching was only done at Passover, being awake. They would eat the Passover lamb, leave nothing till morning. Christ said that night, watch with me, couldn't you watch one hour, you know, type of thing. And uh, it says, and, and he says, if we are watching when he knocks, he will gird himself and make us sit down to eat and serve us. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what he did at the Last Supper. He served them. We may have a heavenly messenger. I don't know, you know, what it is, but I believe we need to, to do that next spring. And we'll talk more before next spring about it, I'm sure. You know. Amen, amen. Tell us in the wedding parable about the lamps, the the you know the okay. five five virgins that were wise okay. and the, the the five that were foolish. Good question. The uh, the lamps actually interprets it in Revelation one as the churches. The seven candlesticks are the seven churches, but uh, they uh, that's one meaning. But oftentimes there's more than one meaning. And in uh, Malachi, I'm sorry. Uh, Zechariah, fourth chapter, there are uh, two olive trees that empty their oil into the lamps, okay? And the point is that the Old and New Testament uh, are are the uh, the two olive trees. And uh, they represent, uh, I think, Christians who only want to look at New Testament but don't want to see things from old are going to be short of oil. Mm -hmm. And Jews who, who don't accept the Messiah... Uh, cannot make it, I don't think. You know, in my opinion, I believe that God's kingdom in the end, when it talks about Israel and Judah, will be Jews who accept the Messiah and Christians who accept the law of Moses. Because uh, Malachi, the last, the Old Testament ends with this. Remember the law of Moses with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I send you Elijah. Yeah. And, uh, that's, and Elijah, Christ said before he comes, Elijah's supposed to restore all things. I think we can be anointed to be the Elijahs, Amen. you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and restore things like the, uh, not Trinity, but father, mother, son, and daughter, the family in heaven that we can be part of, etc. Amen. But the, the Holy Spirit's represented by the oil and the lamps as well. And yes. the five foolish vir- virgins were there for the wedding, but they didn't 
recognize the importance of having the Holy Spirit with them. Good point. And, uh, in fact, one more thing on that is that the um, um, first 2,000 years ended with uh, a rejection of God at the flood. Mm-hmm. second 2,000 years ended with the rejection of Christ mm-hmm. on the cross. Mm-hmm. But Christ said in Luke 12, verse 10, uh, all manner of sin will be forgiven except blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah. And remember that the context of that was that she, daughter of Zion, daughter of Jerusalem, was blasphemed. Mm-hmm. She is God, and to think that it's just uh, some, you know, I have a spirit about me, but it, it's <laughs> it's not like she. You know, uh, we, we have to uh, uh, see them as who they really are, I believe, and, and uh, I think we'll have that opportunity before yeah. it's all. Amen. Amen. As we've been discussing the the importance of the Holy Spirit, recognizing who she is, that the wedding isn't just, you know, a wedding for the church, you know, where Jesus is marrying us. We are invited to the wedding. And at in Revelation chapter 22 verse 17, doc, it actually closes the Bible discussing the wedding. Share that with us one more time wrapping up everything we discussed. Okay, it's the spirit and the bride say come, but yeah. the word and is a, a pexegetical yeah. chi in Greek, meaning that is to say. Yeah. The spirit, that is to say the bride, says come. Amen. And we can be there for their wedding. Uh, uh, that's Christ and his sister. They ministered uh, while he was on our earth, and still today she is in our hearts. Mm-hmm. She would rather be with him in heaven, perhaps, but she knows she is needed where we, where, because we we need desperately more than we realize. We we think as long as we got food to eat and a, a, a paycheck that everything is fine. Right. But big trouble is is on its way, and uh, oh, yeah. we might not have all that for for long. Mm-hmm. So uh, pray, ask God to guide you, and be be ready. I think getting out of the cities is a good idea. Uh, when uh, Christ gave certain signs, they were to flee Jerusalem. And those signs have been given for our time. When you see an abomination standing or not, the uh, uh, new definition of marriage in the Supreme mm-hmm. Court, standing mm-hmm. where it ought not, uh, yeah. with most Christians would agree that uh, Leviticus 20, 18, verse 22, uh, lying with ma- mankind with mankind is an abomination. Yep. You know? uh, and uh, so, and the Pope, standing in Congress, also mm-hmm. uh, uh, Revelation seventeen five, mother of abominations for, for uh, different, uh, the use of force to convert people to uh, uh, Rome, etc., torture, burning at the stake, and all that mother of abominations. I just say uh, we need to flee that and get in the country because uh, martial law will be set up when big trouble comes, and they will uh, know where you're at. And this is why one will be taken, the other left. Christ's disciples ask, where, Lord, where are they taken? He said, where the body is, there will the eagles be gathered. Uh, He gave us a heads up, and uh, I'd say... uh, do not live in the in the city. I, I know a, I'm a retired emergency room doctor, and I have a, a friend who works emergency room. He says that cities are death traps. Yeah. You know, yep. so basically, uh, God put man in a garden. Uh, it's not easy these days, uh, but anyway, that's uh, something to think about. Amen, amen, Doctor Rulin. This has been so great, and I want to make sure we let everyone know about your great book, Mega Mega Quake 2023, and also the book you're currently preparing. To, preparing to release The Greatest Story Never Told, Bad Translation, Papal Teaching. When is The Greatest Story Never Told going to be released? Do you have a date yet? It's uh, the end of this month. Uh, I think it's the 
26th or 28th of, of, of September. Of, of September. Amen. Yeah. Praise the Lord. And so they can order it, and it will come. If they got a Kindle, it'll drop into their box. But it's uh, in the meantime, uh, if 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 you get ideas, uh, help me. <laughs> we'll we'll try to do a better job on the book. So we, there's a chance to you know beautiful publishing on Amazon where you can get a change in just a few days. You know, yeah. any other publisher is is big trouble. It seems like. You know? Amen. Yep. Amen. And and Mega Quick 2023 is already published and is already available on Amazon. Correct. That's correct. Amen. Amen. Well, Doctor Ruling, I appreciate your time today. This has been so great, folks. You need to drop down the show notes, get in touch with Doctor Ruling, order his books. I mean, the especially well, both of them are great. Mega Quick 2023 tells you what's coming right around the corner, but the and greatest. That's been, that's been- that's in the, the uh, appendix of the greatest story never told. I put them together so they they get every about everything. If they just oh, get amen. that one book, that would be there fine. You go. Okay, amen, amen. So and, and the greatest story never told discusses what we today we just highlighted some of it. I mean, it, <laughs> folks, like I said, when when Doctor Ruling was on about a month ago, this was an absolute eye opener. That seed was planted, and I started digging through some of my you know concordance and and different translation i got 20 some translations of the bible because my bible study times but and just digging this stuff out and i got so excited i, I contacted that room and said doc you got to come back on we got to talk about this more <laughs> so, so here we are now you have the information what you do with it makes the difference for all of eternity i mean you Amen. can just blow it Amen. off and just yeah whatever and just let it go and that's like the seed cast to the wayside, and it doesn't do you any good. You can let the cares of this world just stop it from producing, or you can take it, meditate on it, plant it in your heart, and let the Holy Spirit, let her show you things that have been in the Bible all along, and you just skim right over them as you've been reading it. That's been the problem. And Doc, I, I, I thank you again for taking the time out of your schedule to come back on and just share this information with us and reinforcing not just what we talked about before, but just just planting this seed in someone's heart. Somewhere, some someone somewhere this day received that. And that's all we can ask. And I just thank you again for taking the time to do that. Oh, God bless you for it too, brother. And uh, let us be uh, part of his special group, uh, the 144, and the opportunities we'll have. Uh, um, thank you, and uh, may, may he do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think oh, for Christ's sake. Amen. 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 Folks, that is all the time we have for today. For Dr. Richard Ruley and myself, this past about reminding you, be blessed in all that you do. We pray you've been blessed by today's session. Please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. For additional tips on how to share your Christian message with the world, visit podcastersforchrist.com. Be sure to join us next time for another inspiring lesson. Until then, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. 
Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcasts. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success.